What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a Fucking Bitch. Today, Sarah and I are talking about the imposter syndrome. Dun, dun. Do you ever feel when you're in a room of powerful, important people, like you don't belong? Like you look around and think to yourself, how did I fucking get here? I'm, I'm not this smart. These people are way smarter than me. What the fuck am I doing here? They don't know. They typically, don't know. Typically, it's people of color. It's mm. women. It's minorities or marginalized groups who've been told their whole lives. We don't belong. You ain't shit. Don't even try to do this because <laughs> people like you don't get in rooms like these. You're not allowed. This episode is for you. This imposter syndrome. Let's talk about this shit. What's up, happy people? Welcome back to the show. Who are you? You're uh, an imposter. I'm not an imposter. My <laughs> name is Deji Akigbadi, and I am belong here. I don't believe you. I belong here. <laughs> Look, I, I had imposter syndrome even with this fucking podcast. That's why I didn't want to do it. I had imposter syndrome when I did the TED Talks. I'm like, I don't need to be on this stage. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? These, this is the stage where Bill Gates. I still can't believe people listen to this shit. Uh, <laughs> I tell you no, that. Uh, no. Like, why are people listening to us? We're just talking shit. I thought that when we do a part, there'll be people who are like, this shit is garbage. <laughs> right? Get them off the fucking air. Who are these two incompetent? Declined. <laughs> it didn't happen. And so they we kept still taking, come, coming back and listening yeah, and for then, more. And, and then we'll take one more inch and then one more I don't get it, you guys. Forward. I don't get it. I'm not questioning your taste, but. I'm not questioning your intelligence. because. <laughs> <laughs> but why are you listening to us? I was thinking about you, uh-huh. right? Because you have a very unique upbringing. You embody imposter syndrome. Like from, yeah, from, I kind of got mentally fucked over as a kid. Because you grew up in this household where it's like, oh, women just stay in the kitchen. Women, yeah. we don't, you don't do all this. Extra Be subservient. Shit. Listen to your man. Do what he tells you to do, and nothing else. And then when I think about our philosophy, perception's a bitch, and mm-hmm. perception's a bitch because of its a bi- perception is a bitch because perception has this ability to create life lived reality for you, and you live this life that is not true but just a function of how people perceived you, their perceptions of reality, your mm-hmm. perception of reality. So how many women have gone through their lives who could have been business operators, who oh, could yeah. have been pilots, who could have lived a totally different reality, but yeah. perception being a fucking bitch and them living the outcomes, their lives become the outcomes of what people have told them, their mm-hmm. genders and colors do or don't do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think in a way, this is why um, even immigrants or, for example, you can in some ways be better set up for success because you're told that story over and over. You come to America, you'll find success. Yeah, yeah. We come to America and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It it fucked with my mind when we were dating and you were like, my family's calling asking when I'm going to make my first million. And I was like, the fuck? fuck who asked that question <laughs> like my family would call and be like hey sarah you're gonna be able to chip in on your part of the cell phone bill this month 
not when am I going to make my first million? Yeah, yeah. The the the, the narratives, expectations, the, the, and the the belief. System. The narratives lead to expectation, mm-hmm. creates the belief system, which mm-hmm. then becomes the life lived reality. Yes. Right, like so, where we are financially right now, retirement didn't come from my belief system. <laughs> <laughs> that it, was all you it came from the fact that my family expected that at 25 if you, you ain't on the, if you if you don't if you can't fact, show you're results still a failure you're yes. still not succeeding my family like look at this motherfucker 25 years old still still working at walgreens can't can't, can't show no millions you're a failure in life i'm like mm-hmm. now don't get me wrong don't get me wrong that could fuck with the motherfucker also oh yeah too. it's a different kind of fuckery yes there, there's a there's a duality parents fuck you up no matter what it's just how are they gonna fuck you up yes so we got to this topic because you, congratulations, baby. Thank you. Just got this big girl job. Making, I'm making the real bucks. Yeah, you you are damn near making what I make now. And I'm like, oh, hold on, you're moving too fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm catching I'm, up. I'm like, I'm, but but in a way, I'm super proud of you. I'm looking at Thank that you. that income now going like, mm, we can do a lot. Maybe we can finally buy that Tesla Model S, <laughs> pay cash for it, $100,000. Not flexing, Done. not flexing. We'll flex a little bit. But maybe a we little, did do something flex. this week. Imposter syndrome. <laughs> we'll talk about that too because I'm like... Oh, gosh. This this one is fucked with my head because this is honestly, like you just said, it's, it's for one, it's the highest paying job I've ever had by like double nearly. And um, it's the most in, intense interviews I don't even know how to describe the interview process for this job. Panel. I felt like I was going for a government job, you know, when they like make you take personality tests and you're grilled under a light to like yeah, find three, out what your three, secrets are. Yeah, three like, interviews, is this the FBI? What is three going interviews on? in, you were like, Deji, now I have to go to an eight man interview panel and it will yeah. last like three hours. I'm like, I had to write an essay on a, on a prompt. Um, and I think it was like a three, four page essay or something like mm-hmm. that. And then I had to present it to a panel. I believe it was seven people. You had that to were there. justify your thought process exactly. on the answers you were giving. And it given. was a four-hour interview. Four, like I, and that was after all of the other Even initial I was interviews. Like, my my jobs <laughs> weren't that. <laughs> and I got a big boy job. Okay, right? and, and today we didn't do all that. <laughs> And, and I, it, that fucked with me a little bit mentally because, like, it does show you, for one, the seriousness in which they're taking hiring this position. But then when I got the job, I'm like, that many people signed off on me and they believe in up. me? They must have fucked like, up. Like, did, did I fool them yeah. that good? For those who know Sarah well, our closest friends, you will know the, the, the jacket of imposter syndrome you had put on at that moment because yeah. you were looking at yourself like this can't be real this can't be right i this already knew i wasn't happen. gonna get this yeah, job yeah 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 yeah. No i'd already <laughs> told him like i'm not gonna get this job there's no way there's no way and then you get that phone call you yeah we're we, excited to have you on board and we think you're gonna bring so much value sir, to the sir, team yeah so everyone be like this you, you made a mistake right was there another sir are you sure are you, yeah. you sure you want me but we thought this would be a valid conversation to have because we're thinking through the everyone who has these feelings and mm-hmm. it, it cuts across racial and socioeconomic lines. Like white people feel this way too. It's just when you feel that you are super unqualified for, for position, yeah. they even say Einstein had a shit ton of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is 
um, YouTube videos of Michelle Obama talking about how imposter syndrome. she's got imposter she syndrome. She was a lawyer and um, academic. And yeah, and you walk into lady. these rooms going like, I don't belong here. Yeah, I'm, how did I'm this, I get here? How did I get girl this girl who grew up in poverty in Southside Chicago. People like me don't belong in these rooms. And she said, on the flip side of that, there are these kids who've been told their whole lives that they belong. Let's call it what it is. It's, it's, it's that white man syndrome. That's when he's like, oh, he's still talking and yeah. he should sit down and shut the fuck up. We all know it's the, yeah, the, uh, the so, designated old white man in yeah, the room. Yeah, yeah. So the opposite of the imposter syndrome is the white man the syndrome. The oblivious, yeah. That oblivious white man. oblivious white man syndrome where this motherfucker just like... No competencies whatsoever. But from his perspective, in his mind, he he's just... He's earned his place. Because he's been told his whole life the world destined revolves around greatness. you. You're destined for greatness. But you gotta you gotta stop in Jamaica. You know, uh, that's a Rick Ross line. Never mind. No one got that. I don't get that. <laughs> I'm destined for greatness, but I gotta stop in Jamaica real quick. You didn't get it? No. Never mind. No. I'm too white for this shit. I'm headed, greatness is a destination. I'm headed to greatness, uh-huh. but I just got to stop in Jamaica real quick. You okay. still don't get it. Okay. I'm assuming on, it's a line. On. I get it. Those were no rapping. Okay. Okay. I don't get it. That makes sense. I get it. I just don't get it. I'm okay. too white for this <laughs> shit, man. Yeah. Back to the philosophy because Sarah can't get the rap. <laughs> uh, Imposter syndrome. Um, mm-hmm. Even buying this car. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. We're excited, guys. We're excited. We're excited. If you haven't watched those videos um, about like the Tesla saves and like where how Tesla avoids car accidents and shit, that shit is crazy. We're getting this self-driving car. Yeah, I'm gonna have to drive anymore for shit. Not that I drove before, but. <laughs> Oh, see, our life didn't change. The context of it just changed. You yeah. still don't drive. I'm still not driving. <laughs> now my car just, does it for me. Where before you did it for me. <laughs> I got that. I got that. Life never changes. It just it's the same shit. Just look different. Just look oh, different. For those of you wondering, I had a, a crazy fucking accident as a kid. Don't like driving. I can drive. Just don't like it. perception. Right. Yeah. So, and and I have this imposter syndrome. Like there's. How is this even? I'm. I'm an. How is this possible? Yeah. I should not be doing this. Like, like people you don't like feel me like you don't should be at a this. place in your life yet. Uh, or when I'm still a young guy who a young yeah. guy who can do shit like this, you know, yeah. like it's like no. Well, even at your job, like if you tell people that you're buying a Tesla, they look at you like really, really. Yeah, like like you would have that kind of money to uh-huh. blow, and I'm like. Yes, I do. But mm. it's still weird for me. It's still yeah. fucking weird. So I have imposter syndrome. We actually kept doing the math like 12 different ways to Sunday, trying to convince ourselves that we couldn't do it. That we shouldn't and, yeah, do it. Yeah, that we shouldn't do it. Shouldn't, not, and no couldn't. matter which way we did it, it was like, this makes sense. Like, no, in no way, no matter how we do it, will we be hurt by this. this. Yeah. But it still feels fucking weird to drop that much To drop 100 on a grand on a car. It's a and fucking like, paradigm shift. I will say, though, like there's a little bit of a difference in this one just because this isn't like a dumbass like Maserati or some bullshit that's like <laughs> just a, a big dick syndrome kind of car. Like this one has some. Some cool shit. Yeah. This one is. Life saving features. Exactly. It's a lot safer. Um, it, It's a step into the future. It's better for the environment. 
it's just all around a better investment. I, don't give I feel a fuck like about the env- the environment where you're spending a hundred thousand on a car. Saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm whatever just you got to tell yourself to make it feel good. <laughs> but it feels all kinds of good. So I'm sure everyone out there feels this imposter syndrome. syndrome. Why to some is degree, that? to some degree, I think some people are just better at dealing with it. Um, but I think everyone does experience it to to some some major or minor degree. And I think that's the key here is how you deal with it is to kind of determines how successful you are in life is are you able to separate that doubt, that imposter syndrome from what you actually know you're capable of? My fear is when the imposter syndrome becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It's like you are- When it sabotages. Yes, you are, and you get in your own way Mm -hmm. because you just can't accept the fact that enough people- You're meant to be in that room. If you're in this room, you deserve to be here. Like I can say for this job, it's the most vetted I've ever been. Like if if I had any- can't be wrong. Yeah, if I had any like, okay, warning flags, maybe not competent, maybe not qualified- it should have been found out in in this setting, so I should know if I'm not qualified. And yet, there's still, if anything, it puts more pressure on me because now I feel. <laughs> is that weird? Is that weird? I should I should feel more qualified, more vetted, and yet I feel less qualified. That's weird. It's fucking weird. It's weird, but it is the reality, right? So, yeah. how many people? Because because they're having imposter syndrome, don't even put themselves in positions for greatness or or, yes. or put themselves in positions I, to apply for greatness because it's like Absolutely. Ah, too incompetent. Ah, you know, I'm a girl. Yeah. Or ah, my my you've been told that this is what you should be good at. So you you focus on that thing and then you disregard all this other shit. Like Absolutely. you, like, you were told your whole life, oh, you, 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 you're I'm a great not that cook. Smart. Uh, you're not, yeah, just focus you, you're on. You're not good with numbers. Stuff. You're not. You're, mm-hmm. you're you're a homemaker, and then you go Which your whole weird. life not knowing that you're a solid business operator. Because like I got accepted to a a, a, coll- a collegiate program when I was um, in high school, so I was set up to to graduate college with my two or high school with my two year college degree finished, and 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 yet. I've still always felt like I wasn't smart enough. Like, like that was just luck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I probably could have gotten into Harvard or Princeton if I actually had buckled down and focused on my grades, but I wasn't pushed in that if direction. I wasn't right told that that was- external influence, yeah, exactly. external push. And, and I, I feel like there's a lot of things in my life like that that I was kind of just told that I wasn't going to be good at and so I shouldn't even try and just kind of- sports. That kind Absolutely. of shit. Absolutely. I actually wasn't allowed to play sports. Um, I, I tried to do that. I wasn't allowed to play sports. I really wasn't allowed to do anything that was outside of the home and like preparing to be a mom. That kinda, norm. Yeah. Child rearing kind of stuff. Yeah. Or, or even jobs that were along those lines, like mm-hmm. being a teacher, being a homemaker, being an oh, interior designer. Oh, yeah. I was told designer. I wasn't, I wouldn't be a good teacher even, which is weird. Like, because teacher is like as close to being a mom kind of job as you could get, but still too, I guess. Too smart. Mm-hmm. So my my theory is that this imposter syndrome is a function of nature versus nurture, mm-hmm. right? Like it's 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 in your head for yeah, sure, absolutely, and it's perceived based on the reoccurring narratives you've been fed, mm-hmm. whether consciously or unconsciously. And I think this is where a lot of people misunderstand when when we say that you should tell your kids that they're they can do anything they put their mind to. 
you're not telling them that they'll be successful at everything they try. There's a difference. You're telling them that it's okay to try anything they feel capable and want to try. Because until they try and fail, they don't know if they can or they can't. And you need life to be that lesson and the determining factor, not your mental narrative. But yet, there lies the we work. We all put limits on our on our our children. A lot of times, we tell them what we think they're they're capable or what the path to success will be unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Even parents who tell their kids to be scientists and engineers and lawyers, it's a different form of limitation. You can think you're empowering them by telling them that they can be something great. But you could be limiting because they could be a fantastic dancer or artist and you're saying that's not good enough or you're not going to be successful. But you don't realize that that's artist. what you're saying because yeah. if from your perspective, oh, you're, you're thinking you're really empowering. Yeah, yeah. You think you're empowering the scientist, kid. Yeah. But you're fucking him up. Yep. You're telling him, I don't think you can be successful as an artist. Isn't that crazy that by telling somebody that they could be good at one thing, you are by definition telling them that they aren't good at the other thing? Well, by telling them they have to be good at this one thing or that's their only path to success and anything else will be failure. It's not saying, I, oh, I don't think you'd be, if you tell them, like, I think you'd be a great lawyer. You're not saying, I don't think you'd be a great artist. But if you say, like, I think if you don't go into law, you'll be a failure at life. Or I if you go I, into art, you'll, you'll regret it. And you'll. I think you both I mean? apply. I think both apply. Mm-hmm. Let me give you examples. So right. I grew up in Nigeria, right? Where you're told if you you're not have a, to. you have to be a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. And if you ain't one of those three things, you ain't shit. Your yep. life ain't going nowhere. I can only imagine how many Nigerians, like Chinua Achebe, who wrote Things Fall Apart, how many Nigerians or even Africans in general would have had a mind to create great works in literature, philosophy, like dayjacking by I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who's that? (laughs) Who's that motherfucker? (laughs) You know, um, in other fields, business, Mm -hmm. but because they've been told their whole lives. Now, Nigeria and Africa is damn, India is damn near synonymous with tech and science. Yeah. It's like, that's over Asia, China. It's like, come on, man. Surely there are Chinese kids who are great athletes and want to do sports, but it's just not the cultural narrative. So they have imposter syndrome. A Chinese kid will have imposter syndrome when he makes it into the NBA because Mm -hmm. he's like, fundamentally, I am not supposed to be here. I am not this good. Mm -hmm. People from where I'm from don't end up in the NBA, right? When a Nigerian wins a Nobel Peace Prize or Dejacking Batty gets recognized for philosophy, I'm like, this shit feel weird. I'm not supposed yep. to be here. Nigerians, you know Nigerians are good at math, science, and engineering, not philosophy. I shouldn't be thinking like this. How many great businessmen yep. do you know from Nigeria? None. But here I am running a half a billion dollar business. Like, like what the fuck is going on? I still think about all the times you get chosen for basketball games and shit like that. Because this motherfuckers assuming that because black, I'm black, <laughs> you're gonna be good. And you're like, ah. and they are existentially disappointed when I can't make the rim. That's a that's a moment when the imposter syndrome is accurate. You should not be playing basketball. <laughs> so how do you work through all this? How do you know when the imposter syndrome is real and when it's like a limiting belief? Because like you said, like you said, but before I before you answer that, mm-hmm. I want to give the second example where to your point earlier, I'm like, it's both. Now, there are also 
kids that I've seen in America who mm-hmm. with good intentions, the parents will tell them, hey, I love you, Johnny. I love you, Susie. You can be a great astronaut or you can be a great engineer. And though the kids may have a mind for the arts, they disregard that because their parents keep telling them they could be all these great things. And the examples the parents give or not related to anything the kid is passionate about, which the parents don't know. So from a perception standpoint, the kid could hear, and this is what I mean by by telling your kid he could be great at one thing. Once you define greatness in any capacity, you could unintentionally be telling him that there is no greatness to be found in anything else, even Mm -hmm. though it's not your intent. It's just what he heard. Yeah. I mean, I do think that's why it's important as parents in any regard to kind of leave an open door. Like you can say like, you can be great. I I see a lot of potential. Like I can imagine you and I have now have big backgrounds in business and we would, uh, you know, of course, pass on what we know to our child. But it's not saying that they have to go into business like like, oh, yeah, you've learned these materials. You'd be a great manager now. You'd be a great business operator now. You don't have to open a business. Um, and it's having conversations with their kids. It, it boggles my mind how sometimes parents have one-sided conversations with their kids because it's more of a, a dictatorship kind of relationship of let me tell you what I think you feel. Let me tell you how I perceive you um, or what I want for you out of life without ever asking the child what they want and what they perceive and how they view success and a life well lived. So I think it's keeping that open door and saying, look, I'm sure you'll be great at whatever you do. I'll support you in whatever you do. And these are some skill sets that might translate and help you in any capacity. Just having that open door policy. I think, like you said, um, you do see a lot of parents too, that I think a big problem is they try to live their missed opportunities and their life dreams through their kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you wanted to be a ballerina and that night, then you put your child into ballet school and forced them to do ballet for their whole life. And now that's all the kids ever known. So ultimately, of course, they're going to think that's their passion and that's what they have to be good it at. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. Like how many kids, and I found this when I did that first talk at that one school, in Houston, Texas, yeah. Sharpstown uh, High School. I asked the kids, it was a be the, the topic of the talk was be the verb, not the noun, right? Mm-hmm. Focus on the process, the action, the activity, not the thing to become, Yeah, right? That trips you. That's where the existential crisis comes in mm-hmm. because you become it and then you realize that ancient change. Mm-hmm. So I go into these talks and I ask the kids, what do you want to do? Keyword, do. Be the verb, not the noun. What do you want to do when you grow up? And the kids typically respond with who they want to be. be. Oh, I'll be a doctor. Oh, I'll be a lawyer. Oh, I'll be an athlete. So at Sharpstown High School is a predominantly African-American high school, right? Like 99% black. I went into this class and I asked the kids, what do you want to do? They all raised their hands up and they started saying, I want to be in the NBA. I want to be in the NFL. I'm like, okay, the odds are not, not in, in your, your favor. favor. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking this in my head. I'm thinking this in my head. I'm not going to say this shit a lot. Uh, and then I told the kids, I said, look, I get it. I get it. Put that shit aside, for example, for, for, for once. Just if 
what do you enjoy doing? And if money, status, and success was not an option, what would you, what, what process, what actions do you enjoy so much you would like to see that translate into something you become? Mm-hmm. And then the kids never heard that shit before mm-hmm. because no one's truly ever asked them who they, what they want to do or what they enjoy doing. It's typically, oh, this is who you should be. They start saying shit like, well, I really enjoy working on cars. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy really, writing poetry. I enjoy writing poetry. I enjoy doing this. Oh, yeah, I guess I'd like to be a XYZ. And it's like a paradigm shift in real time for these kids because up until that moment, they've never thought through because the society, the cultures, the families in which they've come have told them that the only path to success if you black from the inner city in America is is like two things, rap and sports. Yeah. If you can't do any one of those two things, you don't there's belong. no path forward for an African-American child. So when after, so of course it becomes, it plays out in the reality of our society when we don't see yeah. minorities or African-Americans represented in these boardroom meetings. Oh yeah. And, and for, for women, I think it's, it's somewhat of a, a similar problem. I mean, and it's, it's it's based on what you look like, your aesthetic. Like we're told, oh, you can, a pretty girl can move up ahead, but don't be too pretty and don't be too sexy. And, you know, you've got to be tough, but don't be a bitch. Because um, now you're PMSing and you're irrational. And, you know, it's, it, it's such a, it's such a hard thing to, to find that fine line, I feel like in, when you're when you're a marginalized group like women and minorities and you're you're finding that it's hard to find your voice to find your place especially when you've been told your whole life that you're not really meant to have a seat at the table you're not really meant to be in that room and um and then everything you do is judged um or other people end up taking credit for your work it it definitely messes with your head. It messes with your self-confidence. And I think, um, like you were saying, a lot of minorities really struggle to find any other path to success because they've only seen a few examples of, of representations of themselves having made it out and, and finding success. Um, even for women, there's a lot of great examples now of women, but who have become successful. Uh, and yet I still feel like, well, maybe they're cut from a different cloth than me. Maybe they're just better at that stuff. They're than just I better am. women they, than I am. And I do it even to you. I, this is something that you called me out on where I would say, well, you're just good at this stuff. You're just good at being a manager. You're good at leading people. It comes more naturally to you. And I'd, I'd almost kind of give you like that Superman syndrome, I would say like where I, I, I would feel almost like like you didn't get tired or frustrated or scared or nervous and cuz I I saw you in that light like okay you're so strong you're so competent you're so capable in these situations that it must just be like you're superman you can just come out swinging and it's easy for you it's not which is why when I first got this job that I'm in I my first couple of weeks at it I wanted you to see my vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to see how scared shitless I was that I would fail and I would be found out super quick. 
that this motherfucker is as incompetent as we thought he would be. You didn't. If anything, they actually gave you a second business to yeah. run on top of your first. I am the, the first couple. I weeks. am the only African American yeah. in this leadership role in the entire. Once they damn near the entire organization, because I've looked up the hierarchy and I don't see anyone who looks like <laughs> me. Okay, and people who look at me have said we don't see very many who look like you. And I start telling myself maybe it's for a fucking reason. Maybe we all dumb. And then I get here and I'm like, this can't be right. You some feel weird about this? Like you know that Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Something is awfully wrong here. And I start looking at you like you know maybe we should start saving more money because I could be terminated anytime soon because you know so it. Fucking belongs a, a self-fulfilling fear. prophecy. The fear. Mm-hmm. Right? And I remember that Will Smith quote where he said, like, fear does not exist. Mm-hmm. It's shit you've made up in your mind. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Danger is a very real phenomenon. But this fear you have of a reality that is not quite come it's to pass it's futuristic. Yet. You're yes. only afraid of things that have yet to come. And if it's yet to come, it might not ever come. It doesn't exist. Yeah. You know? Um. So it, it the point I'm trying to make is this shit has more to do with your own bullshit perspectives and the perspectives mm-hmm. you've unconditionally uh, on, on unintentionally accepted from other people yeah. than it is actual intentional like malice towards you. You know, one of the parallels that I draw with this imposter syndrome is that that quote, like um, a hero is never celebrated in his own home or hometown. How does that go again? A hero is never welcome in his own home. Yeah. So there's that that reality. Folks in Bethlehem didn't think Jesus was a savior. (laughs) Right. Because they knew him as just, oh, Mary's son, that 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 kid brat who probably yeah, was yeah, annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't you Joe's son? Yeah. Building building beds and shit. you carpenter, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Now you're talking about you're the savior of the... Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 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 now they're looking at you like this motherfucker just feels full of himself. Right. Um, or even Martin Luther King. Great person, but then he, he was... He was somebody's husband, somebody's father. Like he was, he was a man to those closest to him, and they 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 talked about how he had flaws and how he had had weaknesses. But when we think of Martin Luther King, that's not who you think of. You think of I have a dream, man. You think of this strong, great orator who's passionate and read a, led the a revolution. Symbol. Yeah, you see the symbol. But to to his family, he was they a flawed man. human man. And it's like it would almost be hard to to mesh the two, and I think that's the problem with this imposter syndrome because we we see our our coworkers or our bosses or um, the people we follow online who are great leaders and ins- inspirations, right? We see them in their highlight reels. We see them in the moments when their makeup's done and and their hair's just right, and they have a speech prepared or they give a great line and. They're at the top of their game, right? We don't see them when they're at home in their bathroom crying or when they've had a bad day or, you know, they're just stressed the fuck out. We don't see their doubts. We don't see their flaws. Um, I, I think even about... Um, their, their own lack of self-belief. Yeah, yeah. It's like even a Marilyn Monroe talked about like the, how men went to bed with Marilyn and woke up with her. Like they, they went to w- bed with the fantasy and then they'd wake up with her the reality and there's there's that disconnect of like i am the same person 
but based on how you perceive me, there's two different people here. Um, so you're saying two things can be right at the same time. You can be an imposter and still belong at the same yes. time. Your, like, your you're actions in role. You're capable and that's why you're in the room, but you can still fail. You still know your weaknesses. You know your shortcomings and, and the, the, the areas where you struggle. And, and I think acknowledging that struggle is an important piece of it, saying it's okay to, to be afraid, it's okay to be struggling, and to still know you're competent and you're capable of overcoming that and working through it. If you like what you heard, leave us a five-star rating and a review on whatever... I'm imposter. We're not worth five <laughs> stars. We're not worth it. <laughs> on whatever audio platform you get your podcast on. I challenge you. Have you felt like an imposter in your own success, in your own life? You're not alone. You're not alone. If you find yourself in the room, own your spot, stand firm, stand your ground. You Believe in yourself. You fucking deserve to be there. You got this. Now do the work and earn the right to be in that motherfucking room. You got this, bitch. You're a bad motherfucker. And you don't take shit from nobody. Ooh, that reminds me of a... Uh, uh, oh. Cool run-ins. Yeah! I'm a bad motherfucker. And, and I, don't I don't take no shit, shit from, from nobody. nobody. I'm in this room, motherfucker. Now look in the mirror and tell me what you see. I see Junior. You see Junior. Well, you want to know what I see? I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no crap of nobody. You really see all that? Yeah, man. But it's not about what I see. It's about what you see. Now look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. <clears throat> what well, I see... Pride! Pride! Right. Power! Power! I see a badass mother who won't take no, no crap off of nobody. Again, I see pride. Can I hear you? I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again, I see pride. Junior, I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. That's right, right. Junior Beville. Where, where, where are you going?